Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. All right, so yesterday I read to you 2 Timothy chapter 3. From verse 1, it says, These know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, you know, and all of that. And verse 7 says, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Listen, listen, listen. It's one of the signs of the perilous time, learning without transformation. It's a sign that religion or Christianity just becomes like a club. You know, there are some people who associate with the Christian faith in a religious but non-transformational way. So, in fact, in their songs that glorify Satan, glorify the things of the world, they still find a way to put Jesus in there and give God the glory. Have you ever wondered one secular artist that has sang about drugs, sang about, you know, all kinds of funny things would dedicate the award to, to God? Have you wondered about that before? Because they no longer see an association or the kind of accountability that knowledge of the truth brings. Ever learning, never able to come to the point of truth. Going to school without being educated is a curse. Going to church without your life changing is a curse. It's a sign of perilous times. Never able to come to the point of truth. I want you to reject that kind of stagnation. When you come to a point in your life where your life is not changing for the better, there is a name for it. It's called stagnation. Refuse to be stagnant. Every year improve. There must be something different about you. There are some things that are not compliments. When someone who knew you 10 years ago looks at you and says, ah, you have not changed much. I have changed. That's, that's not a compliment. Hallelujah. Of course, it depends on the context, you know. But it's not always a good compliment, I'm telling you. And then when it comes to the practical aspects of life, especially, you'll find that some people are so spiritual in their devotional life, but there is a contradiction when it comes to the practical aspects of their life. And they're just wondering... How can he be such a good preacher, such a good evangelist, and have such a hot temper? How can both of them go hand in hand? How can he be such a good preacher and such a bad husband at the same time? How is it possible? Such a great evangelist, I mean, if you hear him or her sing in the choir, you'll be raptured. You know, you will feel like you're in heaven. But when you see the character, have you seen Christians? 
that you can never take their word, you know, seriously when it comes to promise or when it comes to money. Have you seen people like that? That Christians will be owing, they will have money and they will not pay back. And you're wondering, and you're wondering how come? And this person will pray, when the person is praying like this, hell will be shaking and you're wondering what's going on. Once you find yourself in that mode, it doesn't matter the prophecy that God has for the new year. If you find yourself in such a stagnation, you can't change. And so there is a science and a doctrine of change. You have to learn how to bring the counsel of God and see it work in your life. The Bible says that you may prove. The Greek word actually means to approve, meaning to agree with God. What is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God? You must agree with it. You must bring it into your experience so that there will be a change. And by the way, why is it possible that someone can be so fervent in spirit but terrible at work, terrible in relationship, terrible in school? I will tell you why. It's very simple. Turn the Bibles quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 32. 1 Corinthians chapter, did I say 13? 14, verse 32. 1 Corinthians 14, 32. Hallelujah. Are you there? Read together. One, two, go. Read it again. One, two, go. And the spirits of the prophets are subject. I know it seems like an oxymoron. Spirit and subject. Spirits are meant to be boundless. Spirits have tremendous capacity. It doesn't matter how many miracles you perform in the past. And the mind is very strong. The confusion of the mind can void past experiences. Do you know the same John the Baptist that God told the person on whom we see the spirit descend? You know, is the land of God that takes away the sins of the world. When tribulation came and he was in prison, and think like Jesus didn't come to visit him. He sent someone to ask him, are you the one or should we look for someone else? So, it tells you the man is so powerful and I'm in a even when it is your greatest. There are people who have performed miracles in the past that don't believe in miracles again. <laughs> don't joke with the mind. Because when they sit you down and they just conjure false scriptures, and say it's not really, it didn't really happen. The mind will explain away even things you witnessed, things your hands touched, you will explain it away. Because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the what? You know, a man of God gave a very brilliant example, a pastor friend, a senior man of God. He said, have you noticed that when you are interpreting tongues, it doesn't matter how powerful the grace on your life is. The spirit that can speak all the languages in the world will still give prophecy through the language you know. <laughs> that means your mind is still a limit to the way the spirit will manifest. 
So if you stand here to prophesy, you will prophesy in the language you normally speak. Are you getting that? And so, when you expand your mind, you expand the possibilities of the Spirit. I'm telling you. When you say, I open my mind to the full extent of the possibilities of God by His Spirit, you're going to see more manifestation in your life. What many people need is not a spiritual revival. They need a mind transformation. And what I want to do today, the reason why many Christians seem stagnant, you know, they receive prayer, they receive prophecies, like their life is not changing, is that there are cardinal aspects of your life that no matter how strong the prophecy is, they will not change without the cooperation of your mind. I want to tell you some of them. Number one, relationship. Have you seen good Christians that somehow just move from one bad relationship to the other? They can discern if a demon is working, but they cannot discern a good partner. It's a mystery. I know you won't answer me if I say, do you know someone like that? You won't answer me. But you know it's true. You just wonder, how can such a deep Christian be so blind? They can even be a man of God. The kind of ladies or man of God that men of God are attracted to. You'll be wondering, is this a spell? Check history. I'm sorry to say, if you are a female minister, this is something you should be very careful about. I'm sorry to say, because from history, especially the ones that are very charismatic, and do ministry at a high level, that relationship aspect is as if they use it to compensate for their busy schedule. And they just make many renowned female ministers, two husbands, three husbands. Why? And so, you have to understand that in all you're getting, you must develop wisdom for relationship. It's a totally different aspect. You can know about the mysteries of the kingdom, know about soteriology, pneumatology, and theology, and not know how to choose the right partner. Are you listening to me? And, and because... Because your relationships are primarily your responsibility. If you don't work on that area, God cannot help you. I'm telling you the truth. There are many people who have bad, failing homes, and God still kept using them. Despite all the mistakes they were making at the home front, once they carry the mic like this, the anointing will be moving. There are great men of God in history. As they are trying to preach, you know, their wife will be somewhere trying to shout, don't listen to him because they fought at home. So they have planned with the ushers once the woman is coming, they will block her. And you're wondering what is happening. 
He will fight the woman, beat her at home, come and preach. And you know the scary part? The sick will be healed. Tell me you've not heard of people like that. And it's not the will of God. But guess what? You can't just pray it away. You will sit down and study it. And you trust women. If they're not happy, they're not happy. <laughs> they will show you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please, are you listening to me? Because some men of God don't just understand. I learned this for the first time. My first surprise was, you know, I was at a Bible school years ago, 2006. And, you know, in Bible schools, you just meet some men of God. You know, even if you don't know anybody there, there are just some people you will go to lunch break together with, you know, say, how are you, you know. And then this guy, in the name of retreat, he had not spoken to his fiancée for one week. He didn't tell her, listen, I want to take some time off to pray and to fast. He didn't tell her. He just didn't call. And so when the lady was calling, he didn't pick. She got angry and said, what is wrong with you? Why are you not picking your calls? You know what he said to me? He said, this lady does not know, does not value my spiritual authority. Ah. Ah. I said, Peleo. <laughs> Authoritarian. <laughs> you see? See the way she's talking to me. Ah. <laughs> I thought he was joking. I looked at his face. He was serious. Ah. Wala, wow. <laughs> you see? <laughs> for, for your babe. <laughs> I don't know where men of God learn this rubbish. I don't know. It's not the Bible. Are you listening to me? Learn to be accountable. And I just want to advise you, I don't have enough time to talk about this. Don't just pray for a good marriage. Plan for it. Read about it. Attend conferences about it. See, I'm glad that you understand the book of Galatians. But you see, you need to develop people skills. There are many believers that act as if they're already in heaven and that all the people around them are angels. So insensitive. You can't, you can't read signs. You can't tell when it's enough. You, can't tell, you, you, you don't know what to do. Work on it. And if you are single, even better. Even better. This is the time to learn. Invest. Pray. Pray. I see. One thing that the Lord uses me to do, a lot of people don't understand this, but just by some simple things, I show you that you can be deeply spiritual and have a good human experience. So, the fact that you hear from God 
There's no reason enough for your hair to be smelling, for God's sake. Or for you to dress like you are a monk. I advocate decent dressing. But iron your clothes. Iron it. You know what? Yesterday I showed you. Men look on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Have you? Many people act as if it's God they want to marry. I'm not God. I don't look at the heart. The <laughs> I want my wife to dress well. Don't say it's, it's my heart. Mm-mm. Thank God for your beautiful heart. When we say beautiful heart, it's metaphoric. We're metaphorical. We've not seen your heart before. We don't know. We don't know. It's just figure of speech. How can heart be beautiful? Plat your hair. Or at least cover it neatly. Listen. Listen, listen, and I'm not even saying you should do anything. There is a teaching on moderation that this generation needs to learn. And hey, guys, don't take things too far, for God's sake. Don't take things too far. There is no color of dye your hair has no experience. Why? Are you... Are you a chameleon? <laughs> All in the name of grace. See, listen, listen, listen. Don't be vain. Are you getting what I'm saying? I don't want to delve into that. But all I'm advocating for is dress decently. You see, one thing interests me, when, when Joseph was sent for from prison, before he went, before he went to the king, the Bible self said he shaved himself. He cleaned himself up. He didn't just say, ah, I, it's not by that, I'm going to interpret your dream. Do you understand? <laughs> the king was their spirits. If you have the interpretation, you have the interpretation. I know it's not by that. That's more reason it shouldn't matter if you do it well. If it's not by that, then do it. Amen, someone. If you don't make up your mind to work on relationships, some people have hot temper. Hot. Tongue speaking with hot temper. It's a mystery. They've not even spoken to you. You already want to fight. You, you are unreasonable. You are screaming. You are throwing things. Then you are wondering why no one has approached you. Or why no one has said yes to you. Walk on yourself. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to talk about is finances. Let me tell you this. It doesn't matter how prayerful you are. If you don't plan for your finances, 
you are susceptible to unnecessary temptation from the enemy. Let me tell you this. Jesus gave a parable, all right? He said, the parable of the seed and the sower, right? He said, the seed is scattered, some falls on good soil, some falls among stones. Now, this is how we describe the ones that fell among stones. He said, the word is growing, but when the deceitfulness of riches, what did he call it? The deceitfulness of riches comes, it will choke the word. There are very well-meaning, God-fearing, prayerful people that face all kinds of temptations from Monday to Friday. And thank God for the grace and the integrity to say no, no matter your station in life. But when it all comes down to it, if you are satisfied, you are less susceptible to, there are some things, they can't throw peanuts at you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Walk on this. And let me assure you, it doesn't matter how many hands are laid on you, how, how many prayers you receive, it doesn't matter the grace that is at work in your life, you cannot build sustainable wealth without prudence. Did you hear what I said? You cannot build sustainable wealth without what? Uh-huh. And prudence, financial prudence, hear this, is not a gift of the Spirit. It's a skill to harness. It's a skill to master. You read books on it. Read the book of Proverbs. When you read the book of Proverbs and you are done, go and open an accounting book. Can I talk to you? Uh-huh. Thank God for the books of, book of Proverbs. book of Proverbs will not teach you how to balance account. Oh. Because you have to understand, the ultimate purpose of scriptures is salvation. So, they might talk about finances, but as it relates or pertains to salvation. If you want to learn purely about finances, you have to look beyond the Bible. The Bible is for salvation. Are you, do you want to, is that simple enough? Someone said, the Bible can't teach you anything. Why did you go to school? Why did you go to school? <laughs> Don't be a hypocrite. I remember sitting in an MBA class. Yeah, your pastor has an MBA. And there was a particular class. I put my hand on my head. I said, so this life is unfair. So everybody is doing business, and some people know this, and others don't. I said, this life is unfair. Please pursue knowledge. Are you with me? Get knowledge. Because you can be an anointed man and a foolish financial steward. I've seen it many times. Things that you must learn to do this year. Save. What did I say? Save. <laughs> Thank God for divine provision you are trusting, trusting for, but you must learn to save. 
I'm going to teach you on the anointing and common sense. One day. I wish I had enough time. Look at it. The Lord said to Joseph, he said, carry your young child, Jesus. Run to Egypt. He said, run. Don't pray for divine protection. Listen, this is the son of God. So he had to run with the son of God. He ran with the son of God. Are you listening to me? Yes, uh-huh. So there is a time to <laughs> scabosh. And there is a time to what? Uh-huh. You know, that one is tongues to Jackpa. <laughs> Better be wise. Better be what? Yes. Praise the name of the Lord. So, as it pertains to finances, when God tells you there will be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, don't pray in the name of Jesus. There won't be famine. I reject it. What kind of dream is that? Ah. <laughs> what are you going to do? You will save. Many Christians don't know how to save. Because even in divine provision, there is order. When God was raining manna, on the seventh day, no manna fell. Are you getting this? So on the sixth day, manna will fall for two days. That's how God works. So if you squander, you will be stranded. You must have emergency funds. Ah, it's not my portion. There will be no emergency. Ah. <laughs> you must. An emergency. I'm not even talking about health-related stuff. But you must have, and I'm, I'm, listen, I'm talking about something apart from saving. A time will come, by the grace of God, you will all buy brand new cars. But till then, if you are buying, you are the second or third user of your car. Know that anything can happen. The car will not give you warning. Say, hello. I don't want you to know. Next week, I plan to misbehave. <laughs> you know, I was counseling someone two months ago. She's my daughter, so I can say it. And I tease her to her face. She said, Pastor, I don't understand. I have to change all my tires. Ah, ah. I say, wait. Oh. When was the last time you changed your tire? Say, about 18 months ago. Ah, ah. What did you expect? In accounting, there's something called depreciation. You should expect things to spoil. It's not anointing. No. <laughs> you know, as I was, I was at an eatery one day, and I saw one man at the parking lot anointing his tires. I see. <laughs> I said, I said, this is becoming ridiculous. So the person who is selling tire is also scabashing. Let their tire burst. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so the person who is selling tire and is praying for business expansion, how will God answer him? When he changed your tire, Jerry. 
Hallelujah. So you have to learn these things. The first thing I talked about is what? Very important. Listen, I've noticed you can be a strong Christian and not know how to say sorry. Some people even think because they are spiritual, why should I? Do you know, I realize respectfully, many men of God don't know how to say thank you. <laughs> you know, you give a seed. And I know, yes, they are giving to be blessed. I, I mean, or to honor you. But Paul said thank you many times. He acknowledged people who gave. And you say thank you. After you have prophesied, oh, be blessed, still say thank you. Men of God, are you listening to me? Uh-huh. Don't be, don't use spirituality to cover up nasty attitude. That's not, you are not deep, you are nasty. Someone will sacrifice to honor you. Bring money or bring a car. You can't say thank you, be blessed. Ah, ah. Oh, Benny, say thank you, Jerry. It doesn't change anything. Are you with me? When people did well in generosity, Paul even wrote about it. Told other people. It doesn't change anything. Learn to say thank you. Learn to say sorry. Don't... Use worship song to cover it. Don't just say, can't they play with you? <laughs> say, apologize well. Just say, uh-uh. <laughs> Don't do that rubbish. Apologize, let me hear you. Don't just move on. Amen, somebody. Amen. So I've talked about finances. I've talked about relationship. I want to talk about general knowledge. General knowledge. Your academics. Your career. Learn to create a place for everything and put everything in its place. There is time for everything. During work hours, you should be working. Then you're on your desk. You don't know this. They will sack you. <laughs> they will sack you. Because God does not support that. You signed a contract, an employment contract. You will work from this time to this time. If you need to pray, there is break. There is time before you resume work. There is time after work. And to compound it, such people don't even do well. They don't meet their deliverables. And then you, every time, when you should be walking, you are reading devotional, they will fire you. Listen, when they wanted to put Daniel in trouble, the Bible says they couldn't find any occasion to accuse him. Do you know what it means? It's possible, oh. So for you to have such a solid integrity, they check every aspect of his life, nothing, nothing, except against his faith that, ah, let's stop him from praying. 
That's the only thing. And by the way, he was not praying at work. He did his work well. They checked all his accounts. All the zeros were there. All the I's were dotted. All the T's were crossed. Ah, ah! And guess what? He was a politician. Ah. <laughs> so it is possible to be a blameless politician. Come on, are you with me? Learn, if all you read is the Bible, you are not doing the will of God. And you cannot impart your world that way. Paul was so gifted. You know, when I was reading about Paul, I discovered that his academic qualification was akin to having two doctorate degrees in today's education. So Paul had two doctorate degrees. No wonder how he wrote was different. Remember, the spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet. Now, you will wonder, hey, God, forgive me for what I'm about to say. How many books did Peter write? <laughs> Wait now. Oh, don't make it more worse. Let me just say this thing and go. <laughs> how many books did Peter write? He's a fisherman. That's why. It's nothing more than that, though. See, an educated person is more likely to write. And you will bless your generation. Don't let anyone deceive you. You see, you are anointed, but go and get an education. I'm telling you. Because there is a way to communicate. Jesus was such a brilliant speaker. Look at the text I read to you yesterday. Who is the greatest in the kingdom? Illustrative preaching. He called a child. He said, stand. Except you become like this child. That's such a beautiful sermon. You, you, they preach. Everybody sleep. And then you are threatening them. If you sleep, ah, ah. Just walk on your sermon. <laughs> you are now threatening them. Just preach better. Are you with me? <laughs> See, Paul used all kinds of things to preach. He says, don't you know that many run away race? One receives the prize. Run that you may obtain. Meaning he used sports as illustration in his preaching. You, by the time you are the introduction, everybody's already confused. <laughs> and then you say it's because of the depth, the rema. <laughs> you are lying. <laughs> Go and cook yourself. <laughs> ah, ah, learn to break things down. Are you with me? General knowledge. Just read. Look at Paul. When Paul was in Athens in Greece, he knew about their history. He said, even one of your poets, he quoted their poets. You, you don't know anything that is happening. You, you don't know anything. No, nothing. You, maybe you don't even know who the governor of your state is. I'm not aware of anything. Change that. Are you with me? 
Everything you know creates more opportunities for finances. Because no one will pay you for what you don't know. So you can literally create more opportunities for yourself. By knowledge. Just by knowledge. Do you know just by learning a new language, you open yourself to more job opportunities? A new language. Just by learning a new language. Learn new things. Learn new things. This year, there are many things I'm learning at the same time. All join. <laughs> I'm going to make sure this mind we know that someone responsible <laughs> is in control of it. Some of you have a brand new mind. The nylon is still there. <laughs> See a rubber mind. Never been used before. <laughs> Hallelujah. The final thing I want to talk about is your health. You know, one of the foremost healing ministers in the world right now, a man who has a healing school, he said this. And it's important that he said that so that you will know that the person who is talking is not someone who doesn't have faith, who doesn't understand concerning spirituals. He said, I look at many people in the healing school and I know that if they drank more water, they will not be there. I've noticed many people don't drink water. You have to learn to... There's a famous philosopher that said, you know, if you drink water, drop cup, you know? Yeah, I know. Some of you that have not heard your voice since. I'm hearing your voice now. <laughs> Medically, you must drink at least eight glasses of water per day. Are you listening to me? And I'm not just talking about what you do when you are eating food. Learn to just hold the bottle, drink it. Some of you, you are so used to sweet things. You can't even drink a bottle of water. Listen, learn to correct those things. Some of you, you have been saying you will go to the gym for the past five years. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. Today, not today, I mean. <laughs> Why I don't say, ah, tell me, let me continue. <laughs> Are you with me? Listen, you have the Spirit of God. And that means whatever you need to do, to be who you need to be, you can do. What did I say? Say that again. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Thank you, Jesus. Are you there? Read Philippians 2.13 together, loud as you can. One, two, go. Read it again. Read it for the last time. Personalize it one more time. Say, God is at work in me to will and to do. Say, this year, I will and I will do. Say, I'm a doer, not a hearer only, not a thinker only. I'm a doer. Whatever I need to start, I will start. Whatever I need to stop, I will stop. Whatever I need to improve, I will improve. I'm a doer. Yes. 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 Because let me tell you this. Especially when it comes to your health. Study how your body works. Some of us don't even know how much sleep we need to get. And there's a way faith people downplay some things that are dangerous. You know, some people just in this, in, in, in a bid to motivate people to do more, just say things like, can you be sleeping seven hours? That's the normal sleeping time. Are you with me? And then the Lord corrected me. He said, don't see rest as something that takes you from work, but something that helps you to work. It's an investment in your work. When you rest, you can come and you can focus as you ought. Your work is faster when you are rested. When your mind and your body are at rest. Don't see it as a distraction. Beware that your phone might be affecting your sleep pattern. Be conscious of it. Be conscious of it. Some of us don't have enough discipline to drop our phone. You know what you should do? Delete the app. Delete it as often as possible. It's better to install it when you want to upload something. If you need to do that, do that. I'm telling you what I do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But just make sure it is God who works in me to will and to do. Everything I need to do this year, I will do. I'm telling you this because last year, God said it's the year of light. Some of you didn't really see any change. Now God is saying greater light. The way you are going, both light and greater light, you won't see it though. engineered myself for improvement. I'm addicted to improvement. 
addicted. My schedule is very specific. When I wake up, where do I go? What do I do? I can tell you. When am I at the gym? When am I sleeping? When am I eating? When am I studying? When am I praying? And because of how busy I am, I don't have time to be loofing up and down. And if someone with my schedule is still learning new things, you have no excuse. I'm learning new things. Hallelujah. So what I want to do now is this. With the instructions that you have taken, you add it with the impartation coming on you and your life will change. That's how to change your life. With your mind and with your spirit. Not just with your spirit. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.